Do you want to bring balance to all the wireless radiation fields in your life, including 5G? The Omnia Radiation Balancer is a small sticker you can stick on any device. It changes the state of the field and creates a new resonance between the wireless radiation and your energy field. On the link below you'll see all our testing results that show how the body responds excellently once you've made this change in your life. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. It's easy to bring balance back to your body with the Omnia Radiation Balancer. This is totally unreal that this happened like in 1942 on this planet. guys we're back for part two with tony rodriguez i said his name right this time Thanks, uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you listen to the first part you know that's a lot to digest it's absolutely mind-blowing stuff and we still didn't even get through a quarter of his testimony so we're going to jump back into that uh the last we left off last he was on mars he was telling us about the, the structures on mars what they looked like they were very similar to a school cafeteria stuff like that so Tony, uh, take us take us from Mars and what happened from there. So I, I was truthfully, I was on Mars a short time, like six months or so. I was in that forward base for only uh, um, six weeks. And what we were doing mission, we were doing like hiking missions. And we, I believe that they gave us a surgery. They altered us so that we could breathe on Mars. Um, we had surgeries done to us. I believe that they altered you know, uh, just the process of your breathing to make make you a little bit, because the suit they gave us was an environmental suit that I had, but it was open faced. There was a plastic, like a, like a ring around it, but I could breathe the air. And it did when we exerted ourselves, the suit knew when you, when your heart rate picked up and it would give oxygen. So there was a very small oxygen tank and it just gave you a puffier in there, like it knew. So, but we were breathing the air there. It was very cold. And we went out during the day and we hiked, we would hike four or five kilometers and come back. And what was going on was they would take three three or six of us and we were in bright white. We were in no kind of camouflage whatsoever. We were given a small gun that was attached. It was attached to our arm, so I couldn't put it down. And it had a little folding stock that I could bring down. And when I put it in my hand, it armed the gun. And it was a rail gun. It wasn't a laser beam or a ray gun. It was a rail, it was an electric rail gun. And in the lighter atmosphere, that worked very well. And we were this is another one you get the thousand yard stare from anybody that doesn't know, but there were large insects that were indigenous to the area and uh, that are that are indigenous on Mars. They're very large insectoids and they are smart. Some of them are smart, more like a dog or an animal, and some of them are smart like we are. And there are different levels of them and they were 
territorial and we were working on, they were working on cost-effective ways of dealing with them. So they had two very expensive, very well-equipped soldiers and they had three or six of us basically mind-controlled slaves that were very poorly equipped and they were trying to put boot, match their numbers boots on the ground. And we would do hiking missions and we had some combat um, that happened and there were casualties and what happened was they found that the insects uh, adapted much faster than they expected. So they canceled the program. So without mm -hmm. going into how that whole thing, you know what I mean? Like we could talk about it a long time if you want uh, about what happened on those missions, but there were, I had basically one combat mission where I saw combat, but after that it was canceled and they took me to a larger facility, a city, which I believe is Aries prime, but I, you know, the soldiers were, they made fun of us for being, for going there when they said we were reassigned. Like, we don't get to go there. I guess it was a big city, but I didn't see much of it. Um, when I got there and got out of the hangar, it looked like a hotel. There was a big dome um, that was underground and it was clear. So you could see the dirt right through it. It was like, it was clear. And at the very top, you could see the sky, like the dirt was all the way up around the dome. And at the top, you could see the sky. And, uh, there were palm trees in there. There was a water water feature with a water, little waterfall. There, it looked like an airport or a um, like a shopping mall. It was it was very comfortable in there. There were military people and civilians, and there were uh, women that worked at the desk. They took us in, and then they took me to like an apartment. You know, I eventually went in and just walked for a ways down hallways and ended up and I had an apartment for the rest of the time I was there. And I was tested again by one of these, the same beings that, that were on the moon that taught me, you know, the combat, that put me through the combat training, like another round of like a mind control. I mean, this time I was tested and they were aptitude tests. They were testing me for a, a new job for, to get trained for a new job. And I failed engineering. I failed command. I failed uh, combat, you know what I mean? Other uh, media and all that. And I ended up, I ended up on skilled labor and I was a like a ship maintenance guy, and it trained me. I got and then it, after after the aptitude testing, it gave me movies, and I would watch movies all day. It was a very, it wasn't a bad lifestyle. It wasn't fun, but compared to what I had had up to then, it was like I had my own bathroom, I had my own sink. When I would go back, food was waiting for me in my room, and I'd get up and go to class, and I'd go home. I'd go back to my little room, and I you know, and it was peaceful. I wasn't abused. And that went on for a while, for a matter of months. Whenever you were on uh, in combat on Mars, did you uh, suffer any injuries? I was. I did get injured. So there was one. I did three missions where we walked out onto the surface. I did three hiking missions, and what could they you, were doing really quick. Could you breathe? Like on these planets, is are they breathe? Is it breathable? Well, on Mars, on the surface, it was, like I said, it was breathable. I believe we were surgically altered so that it was more breathable. And the other thing is when you stepped, when we stepped off the, out the door, because it's an underground facility and the door opened up kind of out into a cave of a rock. And then it went out into, and it was, you know, Mars is dusty, but it was rocky where I was. It was like very solid where, and there, every now and then there would be dunes, but when we stepped out, it was into lower gravity. You could feel the lower gravity and it was actually hard to run. You couldn't run. You ended up doing a big, like a leap, like a hop. And, uh, but we hiked out, we would hike out 
and then hike back. And I guess the second mission, there was an engagement that we never even saw. Any, we, I didn't hear or see anything, but there was an engagement and it was a success. When we came back, they were all, they, it was high fives and they were very happy with us. The third mission, I guess, was more aggressive. And we were actually engaged in bad weather by the, the insect, by the bugs. And uh, we were split up. There were there were six of us, and we had been split up. And they got us. They came up on us from behind. And there were a lot of them were like a smaller beetle-looking thing, bug, you know, a size of a small or a mid-sized dog. And they flew and kind of hopped and fl with their wings fluttering and could fly. And there were bigger spider-like bugs that just leaped as they went. And they got us from behind and one of them came up from behind and they took my arm right off. I lost an arm and it held me down and there was an interact, there was a mantid and I have a really good art drawing of it um, from a talented artist I worked with, but there was a mantid and there was an interaction like it, like it interacted with me and scanned me for what I was, what I was, what my purpose was. And, um, you know, going through the whole thing it like it showed me my life up to that point like there was an interaction where it telepathically and it was very professional like it was a person uh, you know when you acted with a being telepathically you get the idea that it's a person people go well is it doesn't speak english but there is you know what i mean there's still a, on a telepathic level you know there's access towards once you're a certain level of intelligence you're at you're talking to a few hundred thousand words and that's a level of intelligence that you know we we tended to refer to all those as people and it was right. a person so it, what it did was it came up and it it took me into a dream state and it showed me my life to that point like it showed it showed it looked and saw like i was in peru and then i was in you know in Yokern, and then i was on the moon and it, it was checking out what exactly i was or how much of a threat i was going to you know we were going to be to it and it let me live. I begged it for my life and um, it let me live. Another bug bit my foot off. We had auto tourniquets and I um, I put one on and I crawled over. Two of the other guys were killed. And I grabbed one of their auto tourniquets and put it on. And two of the soldiers came and basically carried me back to the base. What's an auto tourniquet? It was so the soldiers had them in their armor automatically. So if they lost a limb, the armor would had several tourniquets through it. So if they lost a hand, the armor would tourniquet and stop them from bleeding. Okay. Here. If they lost an arm, there'd be another tourniquet here. We didn't have that. We had like a, uh, almost like a rubber suit that we had on. So we had, it was about the size, a little smaller than a pack of cigarettes, a box. And it had a cord on one side and a button on it. And what you did was if you lost your arm, you'd grab the box and pull the cord out put it over and hit the button and it would tourniquet rather than having to apply it and turn it, it would cut off, cut off circulation. So we only had one each and I had one, I put it on my arm and then I crawled over to another guy and took his and put it on my foot. And then I started crawling back to base. So and I did you end up in a regen tank or how did you regrow those? So lines? he was keep, I, I lost a lot of blood and I was trying to go to sleep and we had, in our suit on the in the pants area, it would give you a shot, like a like a stim. Uh, there was a shot. We we call them shots. And um, 
you know, it would, it would kill pain and it would, it would make, it would make you like when we did hit the shot, we could run a lot faster and it was, it was a stimulant, you know? And, um, so I had a couple shots on the way back, but when we ran out of those, I started passing out and he would, he was slapping me to keep me from going to sleep. And as soon as I saw the doors to the base, when we made it back to the doors in the, you could see, you know, like I said, inside, it was a cave face that had a set of doors in it. As soon as I laid eyes on those, he let me go to sleep and I passed out. I woke up in the, you know, the, it was an infirmary, they called it, or hospital, but on the first floor. I woke up in my bed the next morning with my arm and my foot back. It was that fast. There was no, it wasn't like the Luke Skywalker tank or anything. Like I literally slept through the procedure. I was passed out. And when I woke back up, I did not feel like a million bucks, but I had my arm back, I, you know, and it was just as good. I mean, there was no, I didn't lose ability out of it. It Was, was it noticeably like sewn back on or just grown back? It was perfectly, there was no seam. There was no mark. It okay. was fine. Also earlier on in, in, in during the, wow. So I haven't really talked about this much, but in Inyokern during the trauma-based mind control, there was a time when he called all the kids in and he put a thing on our arm and he dislocated my shoulder and some kids got a broken arm out of it. And he would say, I'm a doctor. This is just part of the program. And we were, he was gauging pain and reaction to pain, but he dislocated my, my right shoulder. And as for years afterwards, like there were times in the middle, I'd be sleeping at night. It would dislocate again. It was easily dislocated after that. After that instance, when I, after I was healed, my shoulder never dislocated again. So that was fixed as well. Wow. So however that was. But basically, once you get it dislocated, it's easy to happen again. And yeah. it did. It did dislocate, you know, for years after that, because I was at a young age when he did it. But after that instance, it never happened again. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the technology, the healing technology is incredible. I mean, we hear about these regen tanks. We hear about everything. They like people die and they, they get thrown into a regen tank and they, they like respawn like a video game. Uh, and it's, that's really hard to comprehend. It's cloning but we, technology. And sure. you got to think as soon as they came out with cloning technology, it was immediately banned. Like, well, yeah. I mean, it was banned within days of uh, human cloning was banned within days of the clone, first clone sheet. Well, I've heard, I've heard the, I mean, I've read uh, Secret Journey to Planet Serpo. It's a book, uh, talks about a lot of the secret space program and some stuff, but it talks about the entire World War One army being a clone army. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's that insane. And, I, and I've heard, uh, I've heard uh, James Rink and Johan Fritz, uh, or James Rink verify that from some intel he got also. It was the first time I ever heard that corroborated but it's been going on for a long time. And I don't know, obviously we don't know, but um, I do think the clone program is something that we're going to see disclosed uh, re fairly soon. It's probably the cornerstone of a lot of innovative things, uh, yeah. you know, especially when you're talking about limb regrowth, mm -hmm. you know, just, it just seems like, you know, it would be easier to clone the entire body than, you know, one organ or limb at a time. Sure. But that was the experience. I didn't, you know, there were a couple of times I was injured. I was injured again further, you know, in the future for the series colony. I was burnt very badly once. And that I went through the same experience where they took me to the hospital. And I, I when I went to sleep, I woke up and I was fine. It was that fast. It was, 
it wasn't a matter of days or weeks. It was overnight that they would fix you almost completely. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. So, okay. So you're at Mars, you're um, hanging out near the palm trees, <laughs> Aries prime, wherever. Uh, so where, where, when do you, do you go from there to series? Is series your next stop? Yes. And so after a while, so I saw, I was trained in, you know, what's funny is a lot of it, a lot of the training wasn't so much fixing or operating the ship. It was showing how to use some tools, the training, but it was a lot of it was fire suppression and what to do in an emergency. A lot, seriously, like 40% of everything that I learned was just basically what to do in a fire. You know, like there was a lot, that's what I remember the most was being trained on protocols for if there's a fire or an emergency or you know what i mean like if there was a vacuum things to do for that um one day rather than there was always there was always a uh an officer like a soldier there was always a soldier that came and picked me up and walked me to class which was you know like a like a five minute walk after a while he let me do it on my own and they would check on me and i'd go back to my room and they would pop in and check on me i guess they had cameras on me but this was on mars on Mars. Mars during okay. that time there yeah so one day somebody completely different uh the, the one of the guys from the original time that I was dropped off there like a like an officer he showed up in my room in the morning he said you come with me and you're done here and you can leave all that I I just had breakfast there was food I just had breakfast and he said you can leave that come on and we walked somewhere that I'd never been before and again the architecture there was fancy you know like the hallway had a tall ceiling and there was a curve, like a wavy effect, you know, that would go through it. And it was red cement with color with blue. You know what I mean? It was, it was aesthetically pleasing the way it wasn't, didn't look like a military, you know, like, like the moon, the, the moon base when I was there, wasn't much to look at. It was small hallways or concrete walls. That was it. It wasn't yeah. fancy at all. Everywhere in the Mars colony where I was, was, you know, made to be comfortable. Okay. Uh, so we walked for quite a ways and we opened up, we went around and it was a full on train station. And there were hundreds of people there uh, waiting for a train. A big train came in and we went in, he took care of my admission to it. We got in the train and sat down and it had, it had just like the roller coasters have the bar that clicks down over your lap. Yeah. It had that. There was a bar that clicked down. And it, 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 when they turned it on, it, lev it, it jumped up a little. You could feel it hop up, and it was levitating basically over the track, and it yeah, accelerated. Yeah. Accelerated. There was a poof. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't know how else to say it. It wasn't like a flash of light, but it was the, the feeling of a poof. And where you kind of feel disoriented afterwards, like poof, and then a dizzy feeling. And it was immediately slowing down at that point. Right after that poof, you could feel it decelerating. And it stopped. And they said, you over the intercom, they said, be sure to drink water. Your electrolytes, you're going to need water. And when we walked out, they had a, they had people there giving water out to people. They made sure to give us. We got like the little one. one some people had bottled water. They gave us just, we were military. So they gave us just one little, those little triangle cups. You know, the yeah. water cooler cups. Sure. Those, yeah. a splash of water. Cones, and it was yeah. just. Yeah, to re to redo something with your electrolytes, and I was on series. That was the trip. That was the entire trip. It was a matter of minutes, and 
I looked and they, they walked me right around the corner, right out of, from where the train dropped us off. And it was a huge hangar. And there were hundreds of people lined up, soldiers lined up, young boys that they were. And there was a disc that flew right over me. There was a, just like on your shirt, pretty much a little smoother. Yeah. It, it didn't have the rings like that one, but at the same time, it was a disc. And it slowly hovered right over us and went into went down the hall and down into another hangar. And you could feel when it went over, all my hair stood up like static electricity. You know what I mean? And it was, yeah, it wasn't quite silent, but it was silent. But it, you could feel the electricity from it. And it went right over us. And I was like totally in shock of what was I was seeing because I was not briefed that I was going anywhere else. I thought I was going to go somewhere else on Mars. I was not briefed that I was going, and they, and this was, you know, to use the term Nazi Germany, is it right? Uh, this was a German culture. They weren't Nazis. You know what I mean? Like I said, Penny one time said, you know, you don't call them, they won't be space Democrats. You know, they yeah. call them space Nazis. It's like saying space Democrats. It's, there's a different organization. This was a germ. This was that culture. So I call them Germans, but basically it was Ceres Colony Corp, which is a breakaway German group. Well, from they were speaking German. It seems like German Germans have a vast presence in space. I mean, because they were the first ones up there, and they have breakaway civilizations and and you know absolutely colonies so, everywhere. Yeah. So, I guess as the colonies have ha taken place in in our solar system, that because our our solar system isn't really that inhabited, that there's actually quite an infrastructure of other species in our solar system. And it's a very busy um, airspace, especially around Jupiter, that basically uh, um, the, the area around Jupiter is one of the more um, frequented in our area of the galaxy. It's a very, very popular place. That anybody from the Earth that goes up there has to have a sponsor. And the Germans were the first ones to have a sponsor by from the Draco, from the reptilians that sponsored them and set them up with places to be. And, and early trade trading for technologies, kind of like, you know, like a smaller country that has America, the United States sponsor them so that they have security. And mm -hmm. it was the same way with the Germans. So the United States has a different arrangement up there, possibly underneath the Germans or alongside them with a different species altogether. You know, the Solar Warden pro program has a different sponsor, but you really can't go far in the early time of space travel without a, uh, an organized sponsor, someone to sponsor you up there. So the Germans were the first ones to be sponsored and they're actually quite developed. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine that, I mean, they have to, I mean, well, obviously they're not letting us even, we don't even understand that we can develop this technology and leave. So, uh, you know, these these groups that do get, get a chance to leave, they're not just gonna be able to just freely roam about, you know, yeah, right. They're not. You're not going to fly and find a bunch of uh, uninhabited planets out there that pretty much everywhere has already been settled. You know, with it within within our um, vicinity of the galaxy. Well, it's pretty much all been inhabited. And that would that would mean that there's some t some sort of set of laws up there, right? That absolutely, absolutely. And what, how does that work? Does every planet have their own set of laws, or or what? How does that work? So, so there were several times on my ship for the series column that we broke the, we knowingly broke laws up there. Okay. There are laws that are regarding putting people back, like people that are taken for a 20 year tour, 
there are laws regarding how that happened. Like there's a date that you have to come back and there's a law and they have to put you back or they're going to be, in, they can be in trouble. Um, earlier we talked about time travel and a lot of people go, well, well, what about, you can't have time travel because what if, why wouldn't you go back and just kill so-and-so or go back and change everything? Ripple. There are laws about it. So that the series colony had found, had pushed the laws of time travel as far as they could kind of like, I, I always say this, like, I hate to go on record. I hate to say this publicly, but you know, I go nine miles an hour. I set the cruise control on nine miles an hour everywhere I go because the police don't bother with you until you're 10 miles over. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. You get a, there's a five over ticket and then there's a 10 over ticket. So yeah. if you're going nine over, he can only write me the five over ticket. So it's not worth it. So they'll let you go. And I've drove right by many police at exactly nine miles over the speed limit. So I drive that everywhere I go. The Germans had did the same thing with time travel. They did the same kind of thing. Like they figured out how to put, how to travel time and basically be able to anti, it's called anti-telephoning. They called it anti-telephoning. <clears throat> they could scrub missions that went wrong because they came back a few minutes before it left five minutes away and they stretched the law because there are um advanced beings that police time travel that are totally outside of time space and they can see the whole of time space and what happens so they can see what you do in the future and how it happens like they have access to that there are beings that live in that on that plane of existence and they actually police time travel so um, wow, that's important to know that and you're talking about we when you think about the the programs and you ask about the laws, you have to think that there are being we are not the top of the food chain. We are not the most advanced life form. Obviously, I, you know, I, well, it's a tough pill to swallow because we've been told we've been taught that we are. Well, either directly or indirectly, we've been taught that humans are the in our DNA. If it's turned on, which it's not right now, we we actually are very very advanced. But ninety five advanced shut down right now. Well, so the Germans, uh, the series colony, we were there were people, and like I said, at our level, and it was about number of words. But uh, there was another. They went uh, meta human. Person, meta person, uber person. And there was another one. And there, there was a level that you got to that could, like, basically, like a that there was a being that they talked about. There were beings that they talked about that were almost like a cube, like in Star Trek, like like beings yeah. that could manipulate matter with their minds, like they could turn a coffee cup into an apple with their minds and that there was a level of technology that no longer required technology, that it was hundred percent consciousness based. And you had to be a certain level of development. Like these are beings that are, that they look at us the same way that we look at our dog, our, our dog or our cat. Mm -hmm. They're that far, you know, you they're even farther a, ahead. You say it's a being like a cube. Cube. No, like oh. a cube. I meant like in Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh, you know, like, okay. cube, like, a, like a being yeah, yeah. that, I, I just thought you said a cube. Okay. No, no, the no. Beings that travel without a without a ship, they can just instantly, they can mentally go anywhere they want sure. or manipulate matter with their minds. And these are, and these beings have, they speak in millions of words. We have a, we have a few hundred thousand words. The next one up has half a million to a million words. Some of these beings have millions and millions of words that they communicate with. And that's, that was on the scale of consciousness. You know, it's basically wow. consciousness. It could be, 
and I said this in other interviews, I said it could be a other planets have have had other species um, evolve to the point of humans. So it's they're not all just all like us. There are some of them that look like a rat or some of them that look like, you know, a dog or, or whatever. One of the animals in the ecosystem takes the next evolutionary step and has 150,000, 200,000 words and is a person. And it could be anything. It could be a bucket of goo. It could be a bucket of goo. If it speaks 150,000 words, it's a person because you can communicate with it and reason with it. And so that's the threshold that the Germans, they had a, they had a class of people and they wanted to do business with the people with millions of words. Those were the ones that had the technology, the advances in technology that they wanted. Wow. That was the goal. I think my vocabulary is like 200 words. 200 words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, mine isn't that great. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of people, in, even in the professional world, tell me that I speak too little, too ghetto. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm from the hood. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I'd rather, I'd rather speak, I'd rather a few honest words than a million fake ones. Yes. Yes. And yeah, Amen. operating from the heart. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so Siri was series where you got mugged, or was that somewhere else? See, it was series colony. So I, and I want to. I, I think it's important to this this bit of events of how it how it came place because I want to talk about the list. Yeah, that's going to come out that you know we spoke about earlier. I think that yeah. was off camera. Yeah. When I got when they decommissioned my first ship that I worked on for the series colony, it got It was an old submarine. It was old, and they decommissioned it. So then I got retrained for a new position. I went to like a school. And what, this time on, so on series colony, there wasn't the, the, the white, the gray beings, they were people. And I went to a standard classroom. I went to a classroom just like, you know, um, we would, but it, we had, it was a little bit more high tech, but I, I learned for a new position in a classroom and I took classes, went to a new ship and became a cargo engineer. And I was able to sit in on the mission briefings in the morning. So first thing in the morning, I did not go to my um my station i went to the bridge and there was a meeting room behind it and i sat in on the mission reports because they needed to know how much space was available in the cargo bay they i i provided a report of empty space and taken space what was basically i had two cargo bays that i was responsible for so that was i did that in the mornings and after the ship got up and running so in the very beginning they never really talked to me much and they the meeting happened in german so i didn't understand it they could flick a switch and there was a translator, like an implant we had. There was a translator that all of a sudden I could understand what they were saying mm. and vice versa. So they would turn it off for most of the meetings so we couldn't understand what was what was going on. After a few months and they started getting paid, like when they started having missions that were successful, the crew, the Germans that were in charge, the captain and the Corvette captain, those guys, they were getting bonuses for when the mission panned out. And when they did well and they voted and they voted and decided to give everybody at the table some form of pay. And I started to get like 20 bucks a week as a pay, as a base pay. Like if you think I had about the same buying power as we have for about 20 bucks a week, they were in Frank, they called them Franks. Wow. And uh, there was also like a sharing, like once in a while, when we did good, I would get a bonus. I would get one time I got a $40 bonus, you know, like a, an extra bonus. 
So with that came the ability. So I was free. I was a, basically a slave, but I was after I was off duty and I went back to the barracks, I was free to do what I want. I could come and go as I pleased, but it was like four kilometers to the next town of a walk. And it was a, it was a couple bucks to buy a ticket on the train and I never had money and I wasn't going to walk eight kilometers round trip to go and be broke in a town. You get what I'm saying? So I never did yeah. that. But guys did. Guys from the barracks did that. So we're walking to town. Like, Come with us. And I was like, you know, go ahead. <clears throat> As I got paid, then I all of a sudden they said, you know, today's your payday. What are you going to do? And I, you know what I mean? Get a, he's like, get a, get a train ticket, pick somewhere and go and explore and stay out of trouble. And one, one of the officers said, make sure you go to the red light district. And I didn't know what that was. But he was like, make sure he's like, find it out. He's like, here, he's like, I'm even going to show you on the map. He's like, make sure you go there. And like he was said, he said, make sure he's like, I want to hear about it. He was, he wanted to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he was fun. He was funning with me. But um, in the beginning, I saw, I got a train ticket and I went out that day and I got lost. And I got, I, I was in an area that was all civilians and none of them wanted to even speak to me because I had a slave collar on. I had a collar and I had a uniform that identified me. And every, all of a sudden I was in where there are plain closed everybody. And I was completely lost. I didn't even know how to get back to the train. I, I just got lost. And I saw two beings, two ETs. One was like a feline looking human, humanoid. And the other was like, uh, looked more like a, like an aquatic thing, like a fish person. Yeah. <laughs> an aquifarian. And how could you take me seriously? Right. But it, that's, I... but that's what it was. Uh, yeah. They were both in like a baby blue uniform. It looked like a military uniform. So I thought they might help me out because they were military. The few people that I tried to speak to completely ignored me. Said, "Go away! Go, don't don't talk to me." You know, like I asked, tried asking for help. So I walked up to them and they said, "What do you?" And they were probably in the same boat. They were in a bad situation themselves. And they said, they immediately got kind of hostile with me and said, "What are you even talking to me for? You're you're a slave. What are you doing here? Do you have any money? What you know? How are you even?" And I said, "Could you point me?" To where the train station is so i can go back to my base please and i said yeah i've got money and i reached in my pocket pulled it out and they immediately basically took it beat me up and took it from me hmm. and i you know i don't want to get into like a lot of i just i just want to say that when i went back to the mission briefing the following day i had a black eye and they were going to take it away they were like they were going to say no more we shouldn't even look at him next day he's going to get killed you know, like, don't even, we shouldn't even let these guys have money and let go out. So look at this, because it was a disaster. Yeah. And, um, but because of that system that was in place, I want to fast forward and what's pertaining to the list that we're talking about. Sure. Let's hear this is something that's going to happen in our community, in the, in the secret space program community in the next year, according to others, that's going to be a major event. Um, there's a supposedly a list that the Nachtwaffen, the Germans, have turned over to the Alliance in order to be members. And it's a list of all their, everybody that's ever been abducted or participated in their program. Uh, later on, I had made relationships that day in the red light district. And so much that I even had a girlfriend that was another slave that worked in a, basically a brothel right there in that area where I was mugged. I was taken, a girl came out and kind of helped me and brought me in and I was able to go back there for free and just kind of sit there every day. And that's where I went because when I went into public, it was humiliating. It, you know, when I went into public areas, I was a slave or 
clone, they, slave, whatever you want to call it. Were, they knew you were a slave how? By something you were wearing? I or? had a collar. There was a collar. We, there, we had a literally a shock collar oh, that we wore. Wow. That you could be shocked. And uh, disciplined. And, uh, and a jumpsuit. I wore a suit that you know identified me as such. So everybody knew. And it was humiliating. So I went there. And over time, I had a girlfriend. And we were saving up money. It's, I don't know how adult you want to get into this, but we were saving up money so that right before I left, I could buy time with her. One day I had a bonus of like a $40 bonus. And on my walk from the hangar to the train, there was shops. There was, there was shops. And one of them had been empty for a while and came up and there was, there was a, a you know, like a tele, like a television outside that had a commercial and it was a, it showed somebody getting a psychic reading and it was the same. And they had the, they had the IV bag and the same procedure, like what I was doing in, in Peru. It was the same technique. It was a child. It was a younger child that they were drugging and giving people psychic readings. And I went, wow, that's, and I wanted to know what that was like to be on the other end, because that's what I did early on in my service. So I knew it was real. And I asked people, and they said, no, that stuff's not real. Don't even mess with it. They're not going to give you any real info. And I asked, uh, you know, the, the officers on the ship about it. But I still, the curiosity was much. And I went and paid and went in there and got a reading. And it was a half gray, half human looking. Like, it was a gray girl that had hair, like human hair. Like a hybrid. Yes. Yes. And they, it was the same. It was cheesy. It was, the, it was, it was, uh. What's the word? It was grody. It was grimy. The area it was unclean place. And it was very, very Spartan. There was, you know, it's like she was in a bed with a with a curtains around her. And you got to sit down and you got to ask her three questions. And that was it. And you get 30 minutes with three questions. And, and the, you know what I mean? They were very like, hurry up and get out. It was 40 bucks. Yeah. I went in and I asked her and she said that I was going to remember. She said that I was that when I went back to my to the earth, she said it like that. And when she it was very vague what she said and she said a few other things. Honestly, the third one, I don't even remember. I don't even think I asked her. I think I only asked her two questions and it ate up the time. Yeah. Um, I asked her about my girlfriend, what would happen? And she said she I would remember her. And that's that was the deal that I was I was going to remember my time. And there was whatever. I don't want to get into that. But. Because of that, I went back and told my captain that. And I said so the next day at the mission briefing. I'm sitting at the table on the ship in the middle. What'd you do? And they, you know, they, there was a little time, a social time when the meeting started. So what'd you guys do? And I said, I went and got that, that reading. And they all said, nonsense, you're not going to remember anything because they're going to give you a lobotomy. They'll know because there's a temporal, there's a chronovisor device that they can mm -hmm. see when they put you back. Yeah. They yeah. can tell your future the probable future and uh if you do remember that they'll reprogram you and if that don't work they'll give you a lobotomy and one of the officers says, nonsense you're, you're never going to go back and remember because they'll give you a lobotomy you'll be crippled i got along very good with my captain i cover a lot of it in the book but basically there was missions that came up in the future and he deleted my record he was the one that he deleted my record so that and that's exactly what happened is at the very end, after my return, like when I went back to the moon at the end of my 20 year tour, they put me back in my 10 year old body 
Then they put me through the chronovisor to see what was going to happen. And they realized that I was going to remember it. And they put me through another round of trauma-based of mind, trauma -based mind control. And when that didn't work, there was a reptile that was walking me to surgery. They said, too bad, you're going to get a, you're going to get a lobotomy. You're going to be, they were going to put me back in my bed that next morning, mentally crippled. They were going to just give me a lobotomy and I would, I would wake up the next day and forever be whatever crippled. Yeah. When I got to the surgery center to get that, they said, he, there's no record of him. We can't, we can't perform surgery on somebody that's not in the system at all. We can't do that. Just put him back because even if he does remember, it's not going to matter. There's no record of him. So, wow. and the guy that was like my chaperone was a reptile. He was my chaperone. I spent the day with him basically. And he was, he was bummed, you know, like that I was going to get this treatment. And he went, he said, boy, is this your lucky day? Come on, let's get you back. And I went and they put me back in my bed. I woke up the next day back in 1982. I literally, I woke up. It was, you know what it was? It was the scene in back to the future. <laughs> it was exactly like that. You know, in Back to the Future, when Marty McFly woke up and everything was kind of right, he went yeah. when he woke up back in his bed, like after he after that whole thing, it was exactly that kind of feeling. Like I woke up and I looked in my room and I went, I'm back in my room. And I went, What? These are my toys. I went, you know what I mean? Like I was back to being a kid. Like I, I knew that I was gone. I had the experience of being gone for 20 years, but I didn't have the memories of it. I just had that feeling. Wow. Like the feeling the disorientation of it like if you were gone for somewhere and then you were zapped back i had that disorientation the next i went down and i told my family you know i haven't seen you guys in so long i'm so i gave my mom a big hug we sat and had breakfast and i was just like lost man and and it and i was different you know months in the future my dad my dad even remarked you like what you changed he said i want my son back you know, he's like, you're, you've changed Man. a lot. I was, I was never the same. Like I said, my grades fell off. I lost all, I lost all motivation in school. Well, grades don't matter because you were being indoctrinated anyway. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. you know, an, 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 another, another few zeros on my income wouldn't hurt though. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Um, what was I going to say? Going back to, oh, the list. So. Uh, so you're talking about this list that is apparently supposed to be disclosed to the public and somewhere or another that's going to have a list of everybody that served in the SSP and that you were eliminated from that list because you saw a psychic because of that experience? Because of that, my captain knew that I was going to go back and be, you know, modified. He sure. knew that I was going to go through a terrible procedure and he spared me that. And uh, he was that kind of person. He was that. He was that kind of person. Uh, I had several private conversations with him where he would keep me after the meeting and I sat and and we were, you know, I don't want to say buds or friends, but we were, you know, he relied on me in a, in a, in a straight, it was kind of like I was his project. You know, he, he liked me more than he'd liked the other guys that were at my rank, I guess. We were, we had a, we had a, uh, a, uh, rapport with each other and uh, he spared me that i was well the more i think about it that that's exactly what happened at the end of that because i always remember that procedure when they took me to that and that, and then he said boy this is your lucky day how'd that happen you know yeah and so tell me more about this list how did you well other whistleblowers have other whistleblowers have talked about it and i can see it as you know, you know what I mean? Like I got to dance around this subject as, as, to, as gently as possible.
but I take it as kind of an attack. You know what I mean? It's going to be a debunking thing. Like, Hey, well, you're not on the knock walking list. So yeah. all of your, you know what I mean? Like there, there are some whistleblowers out there that are making money doing this and it, it behooves them to debunk everybody. So more power to them. That's great. But all the info that gets added on the pile pre-disclosure is, is better. And I'm also curious about this list if what, so what's on series then? Yeah. Because I'm the only person really, uh, you know, well, certainly the first that spoke of a base on series colony. And I, I, let me tell you that there's absolutely no way that a planetoid that size with that much water in it is uninhabited at this point in our history. So if they come out and say, well, there's a base on series, but everything Tony said is wrong. I don't, I'm not going to really accept that at well, face value. Other people talk about series. Uh, Alex Collier talks about it. Uh, Johann Fritz mm -hmm. has been there on one of his missions. Uh, Alex Collier says it was destroyed. It was like um, the inside was turned to glass. I don't know if that's accurate. I mean, but either, well, way, I, he, so, either way, he discusses it. So it's not like you're the only one talking about this place. Well, I was the first. Okay. I was in 2015. But Alex Collier mm -hmm. mentions it in, in the same breath as Phobos. And I think he may have mistaken it for Demos, Phobos and Demos. He said Phobos and Cirrus have been turned to glass. He said that because because uh, oh, okay. I went back, someone told that to me in, in my with Scott and Revan. They told me that and I, he sent me a link to that interview and I watched it. So, you know, whenever you're talking about a like a channeling uh, info, it can be right and wrong at the same time. So yeah. I'm hoping that that loss of life didn't happen because at the time that I was there, there was about 225,000 people that were living there. And so if that was, if it did meet with some form of warfare, that'd be a huge loss of life of innocent people sure. as well. Johans, uh, so I had him on my show a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I watched that, yeah. And what was great was that he remembers some overlap that there he experienced hypoxia, that the atmosphere on Ceres wasn't the cleanest and that there was a lack of oxygen. And what I remember is that the doors, the hangar complex where all the ships came in was miles big, 10, maybe 20 miles worth of network of, of hangar that was that had giant doors open to space on one end, like an airlock at one end. And what had happened, what I remember that happened often was that the doors wouldn't close all the way and would leak air out. And so that hangar complex that was you know, 10 miles big would leak air at one side. So they had pumps that would bring air in, but it didn't do it fast enough. Sometimes it was worse than others. So we had low oxygen in that area. And we would on purpose walk from the ship instead of taking the train to go get our, to the trade window, which was basically the bank. Instead of taking the train, which it was like uh, two kilometers, we would walk it. And then when we got through, there were revolving doors at the end. And when you walk through the door, you would get to the pure oxygen and take that first breath. And it was like a great feeling. It was. You know, we did that just for that. It was wow. like a neat, you know what I mean? We walked it and it was a bit of exercise. It was something different, you know. And so Johan recalls the air not being very breathable. And he had overlap. He said the same exact thing. And he was unaware that it was, he wasn't, he was like, what? I said, no, it was the hangar area. He said, no, it was serious. But as I asked him more questions, I don't think he traveled very far throughout the colony. Like he didn't go to a lot of other places. Sure. I asked hey. him if he went to the red light district. I think he stayed near the hangar bay yeah mm. yeah uh yeah i, I think that I, I mean i've heard through channeling i've heard about this list also and i was told that um it was 
it was going to be intentionally incomplete. Uh, yeah, so, I, yeah. I, uh, well, here's the thing. We're talking about organizations like not only not only the Ceres Colony Corp or the Germans and the, the Antarctic Germans, the actual alliance, everybody involved, the LOC, the Draco base on the moon, even here on Earth. We're talking about the most classified, most secretive organizations in the history of all of mankind. Mm -hmm. So if you expect a straight answer or a complete anything list out of them, it's, you know what I mean? I got land to sell you yeah. because there's absolutely no way that I'm going to buy that they're going to, that, you know what I mean? Even if I was a bystander, if I was a fan of this info, there is absolutely no way that I would believe that they're going to release a complete list of everybody that was ever involved in every base and every ship and every location whereabouts of what, there's just absolutely no way that any organization would do that, let alone a military-based organization. Well, luckily for you, we're moving into the age of knowing. So skeptics will no longer be a thing once this awakening happens and people resonate. People know the truth. It's like direct knowing. So the people who listen to you who are going through this, they know. We, you can feel it. Anybody who's any mm -hmm. type of empath or any even, even, even mainstream uh, people can understand that you're not lying just by reading your body language. So, sure. and you've done hundreds of interviews are over a hundred interviews now. Look, and I'm, and I'm the first to say like, for me, it's the experience of remembering something 35, 38 years ago, you know? So there, it's going to be on that regard, just human error of yeah. inconsistency. And yeah. I get that. I'm also open to the fact that there are people that suggested that it was, they were fake memories implanted that there are other things like I'm not, I don't have other symptoms in my day-to-day -day life. I don't have schizophrenia. I don't have any kind of mental problems. I'm not being treated. I'm not on any medication. I'm a normal guy and I work a trade and I have a, a life, you know? Sure. So, but if I was implanted with the information, it's a great deal of information. It's not a small, I didn't get implanted with one abduction experience or one or two things. I got induct, implanted with correct information of the salt deposits on series, also of locations in Seattle and Peru and California. I've also found documents facing uh, that that reclassified the buildings that I remember in Inyo Kern Air Base as special real estate, special designation, which freed them from local law enforcement. Yeah. So if you were the CIA and you were gonna do a program like that, they would face that classification. I got paperwork about it, I got the document. So if I was programmed, if, if somehow I'm wrong and not on this list or whatever, it also merits investigation. Do you, do you, yeah. If you get yeah. on my point, like if, Absolutely. who would, why would you, why would you give some, do this to somebody, pluck somebody out, give them this memory and let them go on about why, why would you bother? Because what yeah. is ultimately, what is the effect of me coming forward and speaking? It's not uh, a big effect. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to think that on some level, your higher self set this up for you to be the one to remember to come disclose this. And there's a group of everybody right now that is disclosing this information. And that's their mission. That's your mission. I, I am actually shocked there are more, way, a lot more of us. I feel that there should be more. And a lot of people that I speak to that are coming forward, they say things that I don't remember that don't. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot of people that have a lot of info that has zero overlap. And that doesn't mean that I'm wrong and they're wrong. It just means that, yeah. you know what I mean? They were somewhere different than me. And it shows the the versatility of these programs, that some of them are radically different than the others. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, exactly. um, I think that 
there is I, I think there's only a, there's only a small handful because of what's allowed to happen on this planet and i think the collective can only handle so much either or also i think it's it's really difficult for to, to for somebody um that's only ever watched cnn and netflix to tune into this and 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 resonate and you know and and a, until stuff. they see it until they see it on netflix and cnn they won't believe it yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until until they see it presented for the, from them, it's kind of like uh, somebody there could you know like in traffic, somebody can get a, a teenager can get out of their car and go wait stop 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 and people will just drive right by them, mm-hmm. but if an adult stands there with a hat with a with a uniform, uh, police they'll officer. stop. They'll hit the brakes. Yeah. And yeah. it's just perceived authority. It's not actual authority. Exactly. Beautifully exactly. stated. That's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. Just like the white coat theory, you know. Studies are shown that people listen to somebody wearing a white coat over. Somebody. Yeah, laboratory jack. Right, exactly. Like somebody in a hospital, if a kid comes up and says, "You guys got to move," they'll be he'll be ignored. But if somebody comes up with a white coat on in their twenties, you yeah. guys got to move. People will get up and move. Exactly. It's perceived authority, and that's what the news is. That's all it is. It's the same it's with all the- psychological manipulation is. Our whole mainstream society is. I, <laughs> it's literally all this. I watched a video where this guy put on a, a safety vest, a hard hat, and uh, he was carrying a ladder, and he's trying to see how many places he can get into. And he oh, got yeah. and he got past security in the airport, carrying yeah. a ladder, wearing a, a hard hard hat and safety vest. Yeah. Because it's just all how you perceive it. Mm-hmm. But talking about the psychological aspects, something I've heard you talk about was. Uh, you had to do some type of training and you, you were running in the programs. They made, um, they were making you run every day. And something you said, I thought was fascinating. Your officer told you or whoever told you that to imagine it was going down when you're running forward to look at the wall ahead of you, but imagine that the wall was gravity and you were going down and it helped you run longer. It would help you go farther. Exactly. So they were well aware that your consciousness can manipulate reality they're well aware of that 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 we are in a quantum holograph and that we're in a conscious based consciousness based reality not a reality with consciousness in it so they were well aware of that so what happened was we we it was a swimming it was a swimming break on the ship we were on another planet on an ocean on another planet we had a layover and they let us go swimming and i went down and and i and the the ship the ship was hard capped at 10 meters off of any surface. So it was 10 meters above the water where it would stay. And the computer did that, not the pilot. So they lowered a cargo net down and everybody's like, just jump. You can just jump. And I didn't, I was, you know what I mean? I wasn't good at it. Uh, and I climbed down and I went swimming. And when I climbed up the cargo net, I got winded and I stopped and rested. And one of the, one of the German, he was a kid, he was younger than me, but he was a German, uh, soldier basically he said what are you doing rustin he said get up there and i said i need to rest and he reported me so they made me go take a physical test and they sent me to pt and i had to go after after the ship got back in the dock each day i had to go to the gym and work out and the the coach i guess the 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 instructor there when i had a hard time running laps told me that he said your consciousness determines your reality he was well aware of that and he said just imagine that you're going down that the Wall, every wall you're looking at is down and you're running down the vertical surface of a wall rather than running forward mm. and just keep that in your mind. And then when you turn the track, because it was an indoor track, it was a gymnasium. 
He said, when you turn to the next wall, just imagine that's down too. And that was, I swear it didn't help though. <laughs> it was, I hated that, man. I hate, I was so happy when it was over. So if it was like, it was like six months of that. So if you're, wow. if you're benching a bench press, just imagine the ceiling's down. Ceiling's down. Yeah. And you're yeah. letting it, you're yeah, holding it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it might have some effect to get one more rep or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like probably like at some level, like a, like a milla effect of you know what i mean of the like, weight but like there is no spoon type of, yes exactly yeah. yeah uh so when do we expect to see this list do you have any information on who's supposed to be releasing this list man i tell you what that um a year ago i had just from people from talking to other guys you know occasionally we talk on the phone other insiders and you know, email and things. And just some other things that I heard a, a year ago, I had a kind of a rough draft in my head of how it was going to go down and, and, you know, how we were going to get a disclosure. That's all totally been devastated in this last <laughs> yeah. month. You know what I mean? Like in this last year, like I, really it's up for grabs. I, it's kind of like, you know, you there, there were the forces that be that are in charge of everything. And you kind of had an idea of what they had for a goal. And you could see them working toward it. But now all I see is them fighting over things. And, you know, like, again, we're at January 5th, 2021 right now. And I uh, I think tomorrow and the next few days are going to be historical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, whether, whether, however it pans out, I think, it, I think we're at a real crossroads in history, especially in the United States. And mm -hmm. um, we're going to see how, what happens. But, uh, you know, history is going to look, I, I think that, everybody here doesn't as of this moment doesn't realize how pinnacle this is and so i i don't really have a, a clear idea of how disclosure is going to play out the list I, I like i said the list it just doesn't make sense that there would be a list like that that would be released i mean who would do that yeah right even in peacetime no army would do that <laughs> sure sure nobody yeah. would do that it's just it's just too self-defeating there's just no you're, way uh, you're not going to no. get a list of all the black budget programs existing underground here on earth. You're not like, would they release a list of every CIA asset in the world right now? No, apparently they did with the CCP, 2 million people. Right. Really? I, yeah. But, 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 and what kind of faith do you have that that's complete? It was Is all, my, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, it was, it was, um, it, it's quite a bit of people. Um, assets all over the world and embedded in all well, the stuff gets released, it's leaked, it's not going to be released exactly. And it right. wasn't officially right, yeah. it's not going to be, yeah, that's a good point. Wow, yeah. So, um, they're going to take steps towards a, a disclosure. I think that the difference in a lot of testimonies and whistleblowers now is an attempt that some are endorsed by certain programs, some your best whistleblowers are probably still active. Mm -hmm representations of a program um if i am it's unbeknownst to me right so sure. i but um i think that they're gonna they're gonna want to give us a disclosure that gives us that brings people up to speed quickly but also keeps them in the dark about the real important stuff they're gonna yeah. give us someone else said that you know like another whistleblower gives us 90 percent of the truth with 10 percent of the lies mm -hmm. and those 10 percent of lies are more damning than all the truth can, can overcome that's like the because best, that's the important stuff. That's and I think that's best, what we're gonna get. That's the best psyop possible. That's people say that um, <clears throat> th that happens. That's just the best way to manipulate somebody. Sure, you know. Yeah.
Oh yeah. I think that uh, we know that we're not going to get the full truth. I, I mean, I've I've heard a theory that like the the wave of whistleblowers coming out now about the SSP is just about a specific program that um, the collective can handle. But there's another program above that that there's going to be an, a second wave of whistleblowers coming forward that's going to be even even harder to believe. It's going to be even more fantastical talking about different creatures and like all kinds of stuff that we're not ready for. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's accurate, but it would make sense. Well, they're going to come with, there are religious things that are going to happen. There are religious, you know, and the other thing is I think we're very mistaken about most of our history. You oh. know, our history. Oh, yeah. We're going to get historical things. They're going to say, well, actually, no, this is what happened. This is why that happened. Yeah. And explain events in our own history. They're going to be hard to swallow. So, um, the other thing is how how readily accessible are we going to have access? So the, on Ceres Colony, there was a, like a version, there was an internet. Mm -hmm. And on Mars, they have their own internet. And it has access to an interplanetary internet, like a database that's between many worlds. Sure. So if we get access to that, I'm sure it'll be censored, but it'll be enough to keep us occupied as a species for a generation, you know what I mean? A worth yeah. of worth of advancement. So to me, that would be a huge thing for our lifetime to get full access to that. But day. I don't think we will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get a, I think we'll get a beta version of, you know, we'll get a tester version of that. Yeah. I first. mean, it would be nice. That's like the smart glass pad type of thing where you can just access history of not just the earth, but of other planets and what happened in the solar system and what in our universe if we get something like that in our lifetime, I mean, that would be amazing, right? But I don't know. That if... alone would be enough to change a lot. And then, um, so there have been some other things. You know, I kind of, I do loosely follow some things and then people tell me. But uh, so we have to be brought up to speed. There, we are still not technologically ready to to change our lifestyle. Like, you know, we still have to, people are still putting gas in their car kind of yeah. thing. And uh, for them to come and say, well, you don't need gas anymore, shut it off. That would be very devastating to most of the planet. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. if, like if we yeah. joined a galactic society and they said, okay, you don't need, quit with the gas. There would be such a lag of a period that we would, we, you know, many people would be harmed by that. Yeah. And so that's got to, there's going to be some infrastructure changes. And that, I think that'll be our biggest clue on, on when we're going to get a disclosure, because there's going to be vast infrastructure changes quickly. Well, the first thing, the cabal has to be taken completely out of power, to me, is the first thing, because they're the ones that have been in control of the planet, essentially, for so long. And they've been suppressing everything. They have their agenda to kill off, you know, the vast majority of the population and enslave the rest and the transhumanist agenda and blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. Um, I, I so and that needs to stop. They need to be taken out because that's where they're wanting this to go. So that, okay. Okay. So I got to, I got to choose these words carefully. Okay. That's <laughs> a big subject, right? So that's a big yeah, subject. It is. The cabal, you know, like, like in a, in a field of water Buffalo, the tiger has the right to exist. So the cabal has the right to exist for one true they don't have the right to thrive the way they have yeah. without knowledge because what what's happened is the rest of us our conscious our knowledge 
is so suppressed now that you know what I mean they they existed mm-hmm. and they their existence was they had stayed secretive to stay ahead of us yeah and what's happened is they're way up there and that doesn't need to be so the 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 knowledge of the cabal must exist for everybody else well too. yeah exactly and the sense. thing is we're the ones we're the ones giving them power essentially when you think about it because we're well, com- we're like like we're complying with everything they're you know right. we're the ones before, they can't enslave all of us unless we comply unless we agree to everything the, the it was more of a level play of playing field the cabal was wealthy and in charge of everything but back in the time before information it was a level playing field because in somebody in a typical person's life they didn't access worldwide information yeah they didn't access what's going on in india or what's going on you know what i'm saying you didn't have access so so th- what yeah, i'm saying yeah. is the cabal's technology was worldwide they had access but it wasn't that big of an impact on it, it didn't keep everybody that far in the dark now that we're in the age of information, we don't have access to that information, and we just we need to be brought up to speed to act to have knowledge mm-hmm. of the cabal and what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. the cabal does need to be taken out of but basically they they just need a light shined on them. Yeah. Well, exactly. People just need exactly. to know about them, and that that will solve that. You know what I mean? But I yeah. I, I I don't I'm not see saying like ATs need to come down and do it for us because that's the opposite of what needs to happen, in my opinion. I, some of it might be a blood and guts war. But I don't see the whole operation as a no. blood guts thing, where they need to be just locked up and murdered it, or whatever. It's disclosure. It needs the truth needs to come out, like you said, a light right, right, yeah. on what's really been going on, who these people really are. They're infiltrated then, um, in every institutional. When, and once your cover's blown, your cover's blown, so they're no longer going to be able to operate like that, and things change. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's the safety happened. thing that's run amok. Is yeah. that the that we have a, the in the age of information? They're they're holding back too much information now. And that's that's the unnatural thing that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, we should have access to more info. That we have clones holding back too much information. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and I don't want to sound like I'm some advocate for them. Obviously, they're horrible people. Uh, but like I said, it's it's much like you know morally, it's much like in a you know we live in a forest. We don't live in a in a in a bureaucracy. We live in a forest. So the water buffalo exists and the tiger exists. Well, and that's what the cabal is more like a predatory branch of humanity. They're predators. Mm-hmm. Well, and until so the water I, buffalo gets smart and and stop walking right into the yeah. Right, right. You know. Well, I you know, I mean there's another analogy we could draw, but I, I, I think that just just the suppression of the cabal's existence needs is just once that's gone, the rest of it will naturally kind of even out. Yeah, but that your way of your perspective on that is actually a good one because so many of us have this hatred for the cabal and hatred for all these people that um, have been blackmailed, have been MK altered since they were born, have been uh, cloned, they've been injected, they've been poisoned. They're not even who they're supposed to be. So they're they're growing up in these programs. They're manipulated. They're you know what I'm saying. So we. Controlled. Okay, so wow. So I never thought I was going to say this, and I almost like I'm. I've been tearing up a lot lately. As much as you hate them, right? As what as what what I suffered and lived through when I was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I had nothing but anger. For that, uh, really, that was a very angry time. And years afterwards, I was still very angry. I wanted I wanted to go back there with guns and you know what i'm saying like i was very angry 
as much as you, see, you look at that and say, I hate those people, they're terrible people. I can look at people in my day-to-day -day life and feel the same hatred. I can road rage on people that do people wrong. I see it yeah. around me in my life. Every day, people treat people like shit. Mm -hmm. Every day, I see people that are horrible to others. And they're not evil. They're not cabal. They're not child-eating pedophiles. But they don't have that feeling of respect that, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't mm -hmm. have that morality. That, like, I can easily... I can easily point the finger at the cabal and point three or four back at me. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's easy to judge them and say that. And I'm not, like, again, I'm not a That's pro. It's, it's about us. It's about. I'm not a pro Satanist. I'm not a pro person. No. I don't think that they get a pass. But what I'm saying is that we're not perfect either. Like it's the whole, the whole situation needs to give it. People across the board need to be a little bit more aware that, we're all basically one big entity. And that yeah, when you hurt a, somebody else, you're hurting yourself. It's ultimately, exactly, you nailed it. And it's ultimately, it's ultimately about raising our frequency and uh, operating from a space of love, well, love and, then, and uh, service to others rather than the cabal who's service to self-oriented. You know, with, without even touching on, the, on, a racist, on a racial version of it, which there's racism in basically every direction. I'm not going to call anybody racist, but I'm saying it's a, it's a natural thing. Like around the world, like, there are people in one in in Japan that hate other Japanese because of a different culture for whatever. There's an excuse to feel better about yourself. Yeah. But even among that, people are are economically, um, what do you call it, uh, bigoted. So oh yeah. People say, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm better than them because I make way more money. We make more money than them. And that's all ego. Are, those are garbage. And the the all the ego. fact is. Yeah. We all are made out of the same, we all have the same kind of spark of consciousness within us. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. You know what I mean? So you deserve the same way, the same way that a bug deserves to not be squashed and taken and escorted out to somewhere that it can live. Everybody needs to be treated with a, a, a layer of respect that's not going on in the yeah. world. Yeah. And that's what's, they, and that, believe me, that's going to change. Because mm -hmm. how are we going to interact? So if we have that kind of disparity between somebody that makes a, one less zero a year, imagine what you're going to feel to a ET that can fly up in a craft. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how are you going to feel against a, a walking uh, rat or a gray that yeah. walks yeah. up on you and can speak to you telepathically? Like, are you going to feel equally, you know, are you going to feel like suddenly you're impoverished mm -hmm. and lose your self-respect and dignity? Or you you get what I mean? Like, you we know, need start to, worshiping. We need to, the ET yes. Are you going to fall on your knees and worship yeah. that? Right. Yeah. Just because he's Impact fortunate. When I was a young man, I thought that rich people were somehow noble. You know what I mean? Like I grew yeah. up like middle class, lower middle class. And I thought the people that were wealthy were also wise and noble. And that was the first thing I found out in my young adulthood when I worked for them was that it was actually in many cases, yeah. the opposite. The opposite. Yeah. Well, and so that that's, it's the same with ET. Yeah. As we get ETs that come down that have, we're going to learn that they're people just like us. Some of them grew up and had a really good upbringing and are good people, and some had are damaged. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah. across the board. And yep, yeah. I mean it's the same with the cabal. These are damaged people. Mm -hmm. These are people that are very damaged. Uh, wow, man! Into... I didn't want to talk about any of this stuff. So. <laughs> well, you get it, and then you get into the different like densities you know and that's a whole nother topic of there's higher dimensional beings that are just well exactly and they, they kind of have the same cycle you know like even on higher densities like mm -hmm. some of yeah. them are more equipped to socialize than others are and yeah um you know that's that's interesting but it, it's also like it comes down to just not judging right because 
because if we had to judge ourselves, um, I know this is like the cliche lesson, but yeah. think about how many times in your life, everybody listening to this, you've done something, you've helped somebody or whatever, but you've had an ulterior motive. You've had, um, you've, how many times on a day, how many times on a daily basis do you lie? How do oh, you lie? Every day? Do you not? Not you know a perfect guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I personally, I can tell you right now that I'm not a perfect guy and there's a lot, there's depending on what level you know me, there's a lot to like, and there's a lot to hate. You know what I mean? Like Same I've got to get everybody. Like myself. It's, not, it's not just you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, we, number one, when we, that's something that's been ingrained in us. I think a lot of the, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the bigotry has been ingrained in us because it limits us as well. So that's going to be a big thing that changes. Like that's a post-disclosure issue mm-hmm. because we're going to have to start not only being, you know, not sexist, not racist, not economically uh, biased. We're going to be open to all that stuff, not only with ourselves, but with other species. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to start entertaining guests or if we're going to start visiting other species, we're going to have to be a little bit more inclusive. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like when you meet somebody, the the Germans, there were times there were there was a time we met a species. We did a mission to a planet. And when he left the room, they made fun of him. It was like junior high all over again. Really? That's how the Germans behaved. They were they were high and mighty. And they were they were very bigoted towards a, yeah. another species. And it's like. At a certain level, this that this is the linchpin for consciousness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you can go technology so far, and you've got to take consciousness beyond that. That's the linchpin. If you can empathize with all the con- everything that's alive, that's what's going to let us evolve into that mm-hmm. level of consciousness where we don't need technology anymore. That's exactly. basically the linchpin around it. God. That's why. That's why. That's yeah. why. No, <laughs> that's why nobody's striving for telepathy because we all have too much to hide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. I don't want anybody to stay out of my mind. It's, it's, a, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Tony, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing everything with us. That was great. I didn't think yeah. it was going to get that deep, man, but uh, yeah, I'm glad no. you guys are great. I can't wait to meet you guys down in Florida. Yeah. Oh, same. Uh, speaking of, yeah, the Starseed Adventure Conference guys in Cocoa Beach, Florida, March 12th. Uh, they changed yeah. the date. I can't remember what it is. March twelfth or something. Sure. Anyway, uh, there's only I don't know how many tickets. We'll we'll have the info. I don't know how many tickets have been sold, but there's only two hundred available. So it's a very small conference. Small intimate. Um, the link will be below uh in the description. Go check. Go check that out. And if you feel compelled, get a ticket. Come hang out with us. Uh, we're all all three of us are going to be there. Some James Gillen, John Vivanco. Um, I don't even know. There's a whole list. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. So uh and it's on the beach, it's a beautiful place. Uh it's a little pricey, but it's a different conference, there's a lot more involved. Uh just feel into it. And I think if you're meant to be there, you'll end up there. That's kind of how all these conferences seem to work out. They're Uh, always a great crowd, too. I've noticed that. Tony, let people know one more time where they can find you, your Patreon, your website, all that stuff. Sure. So all that's linked on my website. It's TonyRodrigues.com. So with an S on the end. And I'll, if you could put the link up, that'd be great. But it's TonyRodrigues.com. I was never going to do that. I, I want to say this right now. I was never going to monetize anything. I didn't want to come forward for money or anything like that whatsoever. Honestly, I didn't want to do this many talks. But what's happened is I'm just answering what people have asked me. You know, I, did, I didn't want to do a book, so I'm, I'm doing a book. But I'm excited so about the book. I get asked for it all the time. And people, I got to the, you know, I have a, I work a nine to five. I got an hour commute. 
I have a life. And so I do this on Saturdays most of the time. And I do, people call me with phone calls. Sometimes I got onto my, my Facebook and it's not a hi, how you're doing? Uh, thanks. It's their life story. I get messages that are just pages long and I don't have time. And yeah. so I started doing, uh, I did a few interviews with Jackie Pierce, who's a gifted medium and very gifted, very, she's like a, a like a um, powerhouse of a person. She just gets so much done. And she helped me out and made the website and she helped me with the course, the memory course. And what's that's been able to do is there's really, when I, when I first got my, excuse me, when I got my memories back, I had nowhere to go. I had no one to talk to. I had nothing. If I was, I, I really considered, I got into the phone book and was going to go to counseling. And I thought they're just going to give me a bunch of drugs. I'm going to be medicated. Yeah, I'm not would have. yeah. So people have come to me since I've come forward. And this website is somewhere for you to go. So it's not the cure. It's not everything. You know, it's not a silver bullet, but it's somewhere to start and kind of get your bearings. If you feel you've been involved. Sure. Or, or if you just want to research the the subject, you know, there's a lot of info there. The CIA documents are great reading. There are links to all, a lot of my interviews. And then my Patreon show is going well. It's a lot of fun. It's great to be on the other end of the questions. Yeah. And yeah. give my perspective. That's what that's about. And and let's face it. I mean, you guys, too, we're, we're all facing censorship now. Mm. The Patreon was, is a uh, effort. So hopefully that's my my content and it can't be just deleted so i've noticed that in my list of interviews you know 20 percent of them are gone sure so the links are gone so they they have shadow banned ssp and secret space program on youtube you used to be able to put my name in and all my stuff popped up it doesn't anymore so that's really what that was and it costs money to do it and so that we so we charge money and that's that's what's going on but so far so good it's a great audience and it's a lot of great info and hopefully we can carry it to a post disclosure you kind of keep everybody um, honest. Yeah. Um, That's what yeah. it's about. Well, thanks for everything you're doing. It doesn't go unnoticed. I mean, yes. you're, you're making waves. It's, it, everything you do has a ripple effect. Answering people's questions is is being of service to others. People want to know, and, and this information is sparking something within everybody. Uh, within it's going to be a way of life. Yes, yeah. exactly. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. We have, we hope you enjoyed this because it's fascinating. I mean, we could probably do a four-part episode if we really <laughs> wanted to. Uh, but, yeah, keep an eye out for his book and go check him out. We'll link that below. Uh, don't forget to grab yourself. Uh, Omnia Patch, that promo code is uh, TRUTH, all caps, 10% off. Hopewell Farm CBD, that stuff is amazing. Grab some of that. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's my favorite. It's very potent. It's good stuff. And then uh, 20% off our t-shirts with promo code Sleepy Joe, and that'll run indefinitely. Um, Sleepy and, Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <promo>. great. <laughs> uh, and until next time, um, I don't know what else to say. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Thanks, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Good night, everybody. People ask me about my tribe. The truth is my tribe is relatively unknown, for we are but a few. We have walked many planes and graced infinite timelines. Our calling is eternal. Our homecoming, imminent.
the paradigm shifters. The tireless truth seekers. The mighty light warriors. Earth's grid explorers. Curious crop surface. Mystical star gazers. The great one-liners. The astral travelers. Welcome home, starseeds.